today on Real Radio. This world is hostile toward God. We are of a whole new politic. It's the politic of heaven. We're visiting here now. We're just passing through. It's tough living in this world because we don't belong here. And the world knows we don't belong here. That's why the world hates us. And it's because we are that salt. We are that light of the world that Jesus talked about. It's supernatural. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called The First Epistle of Peter with a message called From Here to Eternity, Part 2. You know, the Apostle Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus who then later became the leader of the early church. His story is ancient, but really no different than what's happening today. We still are in need of a Savior, and Christ followers still need Peter's heartfelt words of compassion and encouragement. In part one, we learned, we're just pilgrims here. This world is not our home. This is good news for those of us who love Christ and who are looking forward to his return. Our final destination is an awesome place called heaven, an eternity that's incorruptible, undefiled, and will not fade away. It's why our journey towards heaven, though difficult and painful at times, fills us with confidence that the power of God that is keeping us today will see us through all the way to the end. So today on day two of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that God often throws us into the impossible to build our faith. It's the hard things of life and the trials by fire that will test us and perfect us. We often don't understand it. We don't see what God's doing, but he is preparing us for the amazing things to come. And now in his message called From Here to Eternity, Part 2, here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. You can be afflicted with a trial and be walking dead on with God in a, in a wonderful submitted life to God. And you're going through a tremendous thing. Why? Because God is graduating you up to the next level of spiritual growth. Or you could be a believer and you could be sinning. You can be in rebellion against God. And as a believer, God will allow a trial to come into your life to get your attention, to get you back. David said, I went astray, but when you afflicted me, I returned back to your word. And uh, everybody knows what that's like, grieved. I had to, I had to, uh, share this with you. Dr. Warren Wiersbe says about this, when God's children go through a season of testing, he is careful to keep his eye on the clock and his hand on the thermostat. He's, what you're going through, God's got an expiration date on it. Don't panic. Peter says, don't panic. God's got an eye on the clock and he's got a hand on the thermostat, meaning he's not, you're not going to get burned. This, this time of purification, which leads us, by the way, to verse 7, the fact that God will make us pure by refining. He perfects us, and how does he do that? By refining, to be refined. Verse 7 says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, wow, though it is tested by fire. Notice, please mark it in your Bible, in your notes, your faith. Look, he says the genuineness of your personal, private faith. Church, it is the most valuable asset that you own is your faith. Not your home, not your money, not your friends, not your family, it's your faith. 
There's nothing more powerful, more needed, more worthy of your time and attention than your faith. The Bible says that we're to be building upon our faith. Church, that means being in Bible study. God bless you for being here. It also means reading privately. Romans 10, 17 says to be hearing the word of God because our faith is increased when we hear the word of God. You can't invest enough in the things of God. Does this happen to you? It happens to me. If I want to relax and read a book, I'm free to read any book I want. I'm a Christian. I'm free to read any book I want. I can read a book on mechanics or about birds. I can read a book on boats. I can read a book on reading a book. (laughs) And God's not against it, but how many times have I opened up a book, even on American history, I love that stuff, open up a book and I want to learn something about Patrick Henry. And I sense the Holy Spirit saying, put the book down and open up my Bible. Have you ever had that happen? I had that happen. Well, the reason why I'm using me as an illustration is because it happened to me on Friday. I picked up a good book and I felt, I didn't hear, I felt God say to me in my soul, put that good book down and pick up the good book. And you know what's neat about it? I read several, five or six chapters of this particular book of the Bible and there was this sense where I just had this incredible sense of accomplishment and peace and I put it down, and then I was able to read that, start reading that book. What happened? What was God saying? Put me first, I'll take care of everything else. It's a very precious thing. It's a precious truth. Refining. It's your faith. It's not, it's not somebody else's faith, it's your faith. And there's no way, I wish I had some other thing to tell you, but it's impossible. There is no way for you and I to know if our faith is real. You have no idea if you have a real, true faith in God without these various trials. There's no way around it. Say, Jack, isn't there a loophole somewhere? There's no loophole. (laughs) Notice that in verse seven, it's personal. It's possessive. Faith, it's your faith. Yours to own, yours to nurture, yours to increase. And it's your faith to exercise. Everything in life is terrifying, church, as a Christian. We were just talking uh, just before service in the hallway about being a Christian, and your faith is constantly being developed, tested, as you walk with God. And I hope I don't discourage you. I hope you, I hope you have a little tenacious gut inside of you, as it were, when, when you hear this. But when you walk with God, and think about the disciples walking with God around the Sea of Galilee. Think about that. Do you think it was challenging for them to walk with Jesus around the Sea of Galilee? Constantly, right? And if you have any doubts, remember Jesus... <laughs> Jesus made sure that they all encountered thousands and thousands of hungry people and to heighten the issue, Jesus turned to them and said, why don't you guys feed them? He always throws us into the impossible. Well, I'm gonna be a Christian because I want my life to be smooth. Then don't become a Christian. You say, oh, pastor, don't say that. I brought a friend here today. No, listen, your friend can take it. Your friend wants truth. Here's the truth. We're Christians. We don't belong in this world anymore. This world is hostile toward God. We are of a whole new politic. It's the politic of heaven. God is our king. We're visiting here now. We can't wait to get out of here. And if I'm true to my notes, you'll hear more about that at the conclusion, that we're just passing through. And it's tough living in this world because we don't belong here. And the world knows we don't belong here. That's why the world hates us. They can't exactly tell anybody why they hate us, but they just don't like us. And it's because we are that salt. We are that light of the world that Jesus talked about. It's supernatural. 
I hope you're willing to make that commitment to Christ to live a supernatural life. Yeah, there's a lot of warfare. Yeah, there's a lot of bumps and bruises, but it is glorious because Christ draws near in the midst of that. It's your faith. And you wanna ask yourself this morning, what are you doing to nurture and develop and to grow your faith up? It will come about by refining. And suffering is how it is made confirm and genuine. It's refined in the crucible as it were a fire. I wrote this down, maybe it's important. I wrote to myself, suffering is how my faith is confirmed to be genuine. It's a, if it's not, uh, it's not by having all of my prayers answered. It's not by having every miracle performed. It's not by me believing God for the million dollars. A lot of that stuff going around today. Your faith is not perfected by a miracle. Judah saw miracles. Your faith will not be predict, uh, promoted or developed because you think God is here to answer all your prayers. Your faith can only be perfected by refining. And church, that's going through the fire that Peter is speaking about, the hard things of life, the loss of a husband or the loss of a wife. Last Sunday... A gentleman from this church out front came up to me, tears in his eyes, and he said, last week, Pastor, last Sunday, on Palm Sunday, we were in Jerusalem at the Wailing Wall with a group. And he said, we're having an amazing day, and my wife dropped dead right there in Jerusalem at the Wailing Wall. And he was fine with it, he was glowing, he said, yes, I miss her. He was crying hot tears. But he said, I'm so rejoicing knowing I know exactly where she is. I know exactly. Is he going through fire? Is he going through a test? Is he being tried by various grievous pressures upon him? Absolutely. He's being refined. I'm being refined. You're being refined with the affairs of life. Genuineness, the word means authentic, and tested, the word means to, put, to be put through the rigors. Our faith has got to be tested through the rigors. It's got to happen. Listen, thirdly, under this point, from here to eternity, you and I are being made pure by God in our daily life, even today, is the fact that made pure by polishing. I couldn't think of a better word, polishing. I don't know what you think about polishing. But to me, the word polishing Polishing, the person that's gonna be doing the polishing, in this case, it's God, right? He looks at you and I, and there's no reflection in our life. It's just us, and God starts polishing. I grew up in a home, my mom, it's a long story, but my, my mom was a clean freak. She was raised in a Catholic orphanage in Hawaii, and she was taught hard work all the time. And when, when she got married, and we had a home, and and I'm growing up, our house was spotless constantly. You, you know the old saying, you could eat off the floors, that's the house I grew up in. You'd never know it by looking at my bedroom, but <laughs> everything was spotless and clean, shiny. And there's times I thought, look, when you're a kid, you think, well, man, mom's nuts, but you'd come home and she's polishing silverware. What do you do that for? And have you noticed that when people are cleaning things of value, they, they, they hold it up like a mirror? Have you noticed that? Do you do that with your car? 
I saw that Corvette out there. Was that your car? Did you shine that baby until you can see? Well, see the reflection of myself. Of course. Of course you do. Polishing. God is working in your life right now to rub, polish, impurities as it were, life that has put its dents into your life, the grime, the grief. God is working in your life and he's polishing. (laughs) When do you think he'll stop? When he sees his reflection in you. When does that happen? The day you die. The day you die, I like to look at it this way. The day you die is the day you outgrew your body. It was time for you to go home. God had a bigger plan and a better plan. He says in verse seven, the reason why may be found to praise, honor, and glory. This is God's work in the life of the believer. Plan on it. Your life will be found to be praise, honor, and glory at the culminating moment. Mark it. It's an, what's known as an eschatological statement at the revelation of Jesus Christ. By the way, the word revelation here, the best translation for the word revelation is the appearing. I want to read something to you out of a biblical encyclopedia. That there's a word picture here in chapter 1, verse 7. In the ancient East, a goldsmith was known to have perfected the quality of his gold only by heating it up hot enough to purge out all the impurities from it. But it wasn't known for sure until he would lean over the pot of the boiling metal to see the reflection, his own reflection could be seen in that gold. If he could see himself, the gold was considered pure enough. God is at work in my life, Christian, and in your life, and all the fiery stuff we're going through, what is God doing? He's heating up your life. All of the dross, all of the impurities floats to the top, and then God takes that scraper, as it were, and scrapes that black gunk off the top. I should have had an image of that. There's great... YouTube footage of gold or precious metal boiling in a pot. It's interesting because they put it in as a solid and they heat it up to such levels that it becomes a liquid and then it's perfected when it's at its most brilliance. That's the life of the Christian. And it's against that day, Christian, please be encouraged. It's against that day that God is preparing you and I I wish I could tell you, church, follow me as I endure all of my grievous trials. I'll show you how to do it. Let's go. Let's walk into the flames of fire. I wish I could tell you that. Now, I got to listen. There are times when I have come through and I've said, God, thank you. I know I made it because it was you. Hallelujah. Oh, please listen. What you don't want to do, because you will go through these fiery trials, when you go through it, what you don't want to do is be a bad student. (laughs) You want to know why? You get halfway through the burn cycle or the burn process (laughs) of the purification, and we we stop walking with God, we stop obeying Him, we we press the eject button, and then we have, God will visit us in another season and have us walk through it again. Don't you want, oh, don't, oh, Lord, please let me walk through it just one time. Make me smart enough to get it the first time through. I don't want to repeat this class. Are you with me on that? 
And we don't have to repeat the class. If we're saying to him, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. I'm at 30,000 feet. I'm gonna choose to rejoice in the midst of this heartbreak trial, this tragedy. And God, I'm gonna look at it from your perspective, though I don't get it. My emotions are screaming the opposite. Oh God, I don't wanna repeat this class. Let me learn out of it everything I need to learn out of it. And so here I go, God, and he'll walk with you through it. But pastor, he, it's too much for me. We all understand the feeling, right church, say amen. We all understand the feeling that it's too much, and yet God promises you, remember what Wearsby said, he's got one eye on the clock and one eye on the thermostat. And the Bible says God will not allow you to go through something that you're not able to bear, that is with him. He's not evil, he's not sadistic, he's not mean. He's good at what he's doing, but he's preparing us. Look, it's against the revelation of Jesus Christ. It means that God is preparing us right now today for the ultimate meeting. This makes sense to all of us. You got dressed up to come here this morning. You got ready, you brushed your teeth, combed your hair, you came. You made yourself ready, listen, right? To be presentable to your brothers and sisters, to the community, to public. And we're grateful, we're all grateful. Right? <laughs> Isn't God doing the same for us being clothed in his righteousness, clothed in his light? Doesn't the Bible say to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? And we put him on. You don't wanna go out of your house with putting your jack on. Or if you're Bill, putting your Bill on. Or if you're a Peggy, putting your Peggy on. You don't wanna leave your house putting you on. You wanna leave your house putting Jesus on. And that's the only way we're gonna survive the day and not only survive, but be victorious in that day. Give the day to God, give your time to the word, then go out into the world. And whatever happens, you can say, Lord, what predated this event today was the fact that I was with you this morning, you knew this was coming, and guess what you're doing, Christian? You're looking at that flat tire or that firing from the job from a 30,000 foot perspective, and you know that God is at work in your life. You don't understand it, but you know that God's at work. Polishing, Hebrews chapter nine, verse 28 says there, so Christ was offered once to bear the sin of many, and to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear. Hallelujah. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, are you? Do you want him to come back? Are you looking for him? Do you understand what that means? Oh, well listen, he's gonna appear. He's gonna come get you. First John three, verse two. Beloved, now we are the children of God. Somebody wrote me the other day, last night, somebody wrote me on a text, Pastor, I'm struggling. And they described their, I have these thoughts, I have these thoughts, and what if I'm this, and what if I'm that, and I'm... Hey, listen, if that's you today right now, and you want to be a child of God, and you love Jesus, I hesitate because I don't love him enough, I guarantee you, you, we together, collectively, we don't love him enough, I wished I loved him more. I'm trying, I'm working on that. But do you want Christ? Do you want him for his person? Would you want Jesus now, even if there was no heaven to be had? That's the life of the believer, right? Well, I want God because I want heaven. No, no, listen, heaven is a perk. 
The Christian wants God because of who he is. We revere him, we love him, we submit to him because why? Because he knows what's best for us and he's doing the polishing in our lives. Fourth and finally, we end with this is verses eight through nine and it ties right into what that closing verses of seven. And it's this, that we are to live an expectant life. Between now, here, and eternity, every Christian is to live an expectant life. Christ is coming. He's coming. Verse 8 tells us that we're to be expectant because we want to see him. We want to see him. Peter said, and, and church, I, I don't know what to say about this verse. I'm trying to put myself, I've been so blown away all week because I've been trying to read this as though I were Peter. So indulge me for a moment. I'm sure I'm going to flub this totally up. But expectant living is that we want to see Jesus. Look at, look at verse 8. Whom, having not seen, he's writing to the believers in the Roman Empire, you love. So you haven't seen Jesus, but you love him. Though now, you do not see him. Look at that for a moment. Who's saying this? You can, you can answer, it's just us. Who's, who wrote that? Who's writing? Peter's writing. I think Peter has got to be freaked out over that truth. Why? Peter met Jesus. Peter talked to Jesus. Peter touched him. Jesus talked to Peter. Peter talked to Jesus. Jesus walked on water. Jesus said to Peter, come out on the water. Peter walks on water. Peter tells Jesus, all these other bozos may deny you, but I'll never deny you. (laughs) Right? I mean, they were tight. Peter thought they were very tight. For him to lean over and say, Jesus, see these other 11 guys? I know they're like the B team, right? You and I, I'll never deny you. Isn't right out of his mouth and the next thing written in the Bible forever, Peter denied him three times. (laughs) Peter knew Jesus face to face, literally. And do you remember what Jesus said to him? Before Jesus went back to heaven, Peter said, do you love me? And Peter struggled with it. Did you know that Peter wound up finally confessing, Lord, you know that I phileo you. You know that I love you with the Philadelphian brotherly love. Peter was convicted because Peter was admitting, I don't love you with agapeo. I wish I did. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Radio, in a message called From Here to Eternity, Part 2. We're so glad you joined us today, and we hope that you allow the Lord to work within you a spirit of joy that the world will never be able to take away. From Here to Eternity, Part 2 is part of Pastor Jack's series called The First Epistle of Peter. It's a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. You know, if this message of Peter's love for God and his compassion towards others inspired you at all, if having peace in the middle of anxiety or during this fearful time of COVID-19 is what you're looking for, well, we'd like to help. At our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org, there's a tab you can click on, and it's labeled Know God. Now, once you're there, we think it'll give you the guidance you're looking for. An eternal life in heaven is only possible 
when you surrender your life to Christ. So head on over to reallifewithjackhibbs.org, discover salvation for yourself and what it means to continually walk in the peace and power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also at our website, you'll find Pastor Jack's messages on how to keep growing and learning through your journey towards heaven. It's all right there at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.